One, two, three, J. <laughs> My nation of brothers and sisters A tip of the cap and adapt to the beautiful podcast listeners Three guys on, you know the one Too black, too strong Just keep it honest and funny and we'll all get along The topics at hand, they go deeper than black and white You see something, you say something like No, you're not fucked up, Tom If you shoot your mouth off, deal with Uncle Randolph Get popped and locked in a dance-off or it's the verbal Maltov Wise warrior. Andy Klein, dropping dimes. His perception of punchlines will blow your mind. And just in time, is that Tim Miller or someone from 3SBN? The nation that was formed because Tim couldn't attend? Elton, Pop Pop, Papa Sock, Haywood, Turnip Seed, Smooth Jamaican Romaine, so I'm sure there'll be weed. Pete might have Russ Green, a Chris Milner, the English Bay, a Frankie French with a Frankie tail coming your way. The Alexandro fam, the black guy who tips. Chadwick, a JL, telling us what it is. Maybe an appearance from Whatever it is, just kick back, relax, and roll up your sleeve. I'll say it one more time. All you cool cats can stay, bitches leave. Bitches leave. Bitches leave. Bring your kids. Randolph Terrence. I'm Andy Klein. No, I'm PD Steele. We are three guys on. Hey. I like this new joint, even though it doesn't have my more, name in we it. We want more drums. You know what? Um, we want your name. There's two things that I'll bring up about this. Last we like week this we, we played it. By the way, uh, we're, this is a special surprise episode. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, we didn't think we were going to record this week. We're we in did. the lab. So. There, last week we played it, there were no drums. We politely asked for drums. Mm-hmm. This is the version we got back with drums, but I think there's... I still want it like a, a kick, snare, drums. a typical kick, snare kind of thing. And this is more like, it's subtle. There's a really deep bass drum, which if you're wearing earbuds, you might not be able to hear, depending on how good your headphones are. And uh, I still think it screams for... I, I guess I said last week... Like an in the air tonight moment, mm-hmm. just that last part where it says 3GO again, drums kick in, <laughs> and like energetic, more energetic drums, and then you have like a minute of that, and Petey can uh, freestyle over that. I sure can. Uh, that reminds you that guitar riff of like War's Four Cornered Room, mm-hmm. and leading into like Scarface's um what's that song off the first album that sampled that shit. Oh well, whatever. And also, I I noticed listening uh, just now that it says Pop Pop and Papa Sock. Papa Sock was a like a nickname Chad was going to give Elton, like Papa Doc. <laughs> I wonder if they meant Petey Papa Sock. It's Papa Sock now. But then Pop Pop Papa Sock is what they said, and maybe didn't catch. I think Petey's name was supposed to be in there. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Benefit yeah. of the doubt. Yeah. Well, it is my initials, Papa Sock, and quite frankly, I do have a nice sock well, game. Well, Papa Sock well, was not Elton. Tonight. Papa Sock was Elton. Oh. That well, was, I'll tie up a sock story was, in a second. It was a, another, it was a play <laughs> on Pop Pop, so I think pop, it was going to go, instead of Pop Pop, pop Papa pop, Sock, pop, it should have been Petey Papa Sock to, Petey, to represent papa sock. you and Elton. Yeah. Elton hasn't been on in a while, but I, I guess he would be fine with Papa Sock. Papa Sock? Yeah. Yeah. I think like so. He's like an evil dictator. Papa Sock. <laughs> yeah. Like, and Bison. Like Papa Doc. 
So uh, anyway, that's where we are with the intro song. Um, I texted Chad my feedback, and maybe we'll collaborate on something else. Chad also suggested Randolph record a bass line, because there's still no bass line, and send it. Who's I the don't, mouse I don't play. To? I don't play like that to sit and just start playing a bass line run along with. I mean, well, you can you just know what? you can, can just mirror the, the riff. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I learned the riff on guitar. It's simple. Uh, you can just literally do note for note, or I could do it because yeah. I have the game Rocksmith, which lets you emulate bass. Yeah. And just output it to. A I could recorder. probably just do the just do the just do the riff. Boom, yeah. Boom. Who was the mouse they were referring to boom, in the song? That one, like a special appearance by Sweet Sweet Liz. That's Sweet Sweet oh, Liz. That's Liz me. Mealy. Oh, that's who's... me saying that. Oh, yeah, that's oh, how oh, okay. Andy, Andy modified when we do the my pitch voice. Shifting. Actually, pitch oh, shifting. Yeah. So we Andy put you in auto tune. Yeah, because we yeah. have made it on me the, call you a bitch. We have it on the Shame board. On you Klein. And I, I was. Um, <laughs> I got to remember where these features are on this mixer because I haven't used. Them. I was just creeping Liz out one day. <laughs> yeah, because she was here because I called her Sweet Sweet Liz. Yeah, she's in town this week. I know yep. she's doing shows all over. We had to try to get her on signing her. Yeah, well, I haven't talked to her about it. Try to get her on. See if you can say something. Sweet, sweet Liz. Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, try that again. Sweet, sweet Liz. <laughs> 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 all right, now yeah, now I figured it out. Sweet, sweet Liz. Yeah. <laughs> A little, a little creepy. Yeah. Just a, a little, little creepy. Yeah, it can be. <laughs> Maybe we can have PD do a freestyle with that voice. I'll be happy to. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. But now we have this beat, which has the long outro, which we can use for uh, other things if we want. So, you know, well, I guess we'll send in some revisions to Chad. Yeah. Not just Chad. Chad. Chad and his Chad whole team. Haft, Dustin Chalifaux. Yeah. And the producer Wayne Beats W E I W E I G H N. If you look yeah. him up on SoundCloud, Wayne Beats. Wayne Beats. He's got a lot of stuff. A lot of beats. There. Yeah, it's a lot of beats. And also yeah, just yeah. full songs and, and albums that he's produced with the guys out there in the in the Boise area, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, W E I G H N he's doing some work with the D O C now. Yeah. Yeah, so he doesn't have time for our drums. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, he's doing some work. I think he sent some beats to the DOC. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He was like, "Hey, I like these." Yeah, or he probably said it in a much scratchier voice. Hey, I like these. Hey, hey good beats. At this point, he never got his voice back, right? No, he got a robotic thing, and they made that album Helter Skelter. Yeah. Terrible idea. Yeah, I never I loved the to DOC. That. That's on the formula. Yeah, <laughs> the grand finale. I even like the uh, was it the grand finale. I like that. I like that whole album. Man. Yeah, what was it the funky pyramid or the um? Oh, um, whirlwind pyramid. Whirlwind pyramid. Yeah, that's yeah, a great yeah. song. Yeah, it is because that's the thing from uh, Battle of the Planets. Mm-hmm. The cartoon Battle of the Planets where they were getting the they form into a whirlwind pyramid, transform. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that album. I used to listen to that album. I was on. I had five thousand dollars worth of stereo equipment in a four thousand dollar Hyundai. Yep, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. And I would wash my car and just turn that shit up loud while I, while I was washing my car. The form of doom 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 doom. Didn't that sample? That sampled a Marvin Gaye song. Yeah, yeah. Keeping it dope. I can't remember that. I'm the D into the O and the O into the C, C and the C, C into, into the, the period. period. Suckers, Suckers are fearing it. it. Yeah. yeah. It's wicked. 
One year later, hey, how you doing? <laughs> hey, I'll be back, guys. Just give me some time to recover. So Andy got sick. That's why y'all have no Monday. Episode. Yeah, I had uh, I had a, it was just a cold, but like boy's gone. You know, colds will last like you know sometimes several days, sometimes ten days. You get that one that lingers sometimes for mm-hmm. a couple weeks. I felt a little sick on Thursday, Friday evening. I was like, I'm getting a little worse. Maybe I won't go out tonight. I'll just stay in, so I'll be ready for the podcast. Saturday morning, I woke up feeling like shit. My voice was all fucked. Up. Everything was fucked up. I had no energy. You know, whatever. And then, like, by Sunday night, it was gone. Like, I, I think I prefer when it all swoops in at once, and then you're just fine, like, two days later. Because Monday, I was, like, completely fine. But uh, I was sick on Saturday, so we couldn't record. I guess we could have, but it would have sounded awful. And I would have uh, not been thinking straight, probably. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I called it off. So, no podcast Monday, but... Mm-hmm. Here we are Wednesday night recording. Yep, in the lab. Bam. Yeah. yeah, like we didn't have to do this. Donald Trump just threatened to send troops to Mexico. For what? Donald Trump threatened in a phone call with his Mexican counterpart to send U.S. troops to stop bad hombres down there. What? What's that even? <laughs> what the fuck does that even is Unless the Mexican military does more to control them. Isn't this the beginning of the video game Bad Dudes? Yeah. <laughs> Ronnie and the Dragon <laughs> President ninjas. Ronnie has Excerpt, been kidnapped by ninjas. The excerpt of the call did not detail who exactly Trump considered bad hombres, nor did it make clear the tone and context of the remark. So you're going to send our... But what is that... What's that have to do with anything? It's just him talking tough and swinging his tiny dick around. Do we have any quotes dude's from got Trump? A little dick. Do we have any quotes? Because we can. This is our Trump talking. <laughs> yeah, play that. I'll, I'll do it. Let's see. It's because that's all you bad hombres. Oh, the only one I've got is. We're going to stop the bad hombres. I can't do a good Trump. No, you don't have to. We're going to stop the bad hombres down there. <laughs> I can make him sound Western for some reason. Down there. Because all, all races have some sort of a weird Southern accent. All to the me. twang. Well, <laughs> when we get to the uh, Black History Month quotes, we can bring that back if we want. Yeah. Uh, we also didn't, since we didn't record Saturday, we didn't get to talk about the New Edition movie. Which I which actually was great and I watched watch while I was sick. I've not it. seen. I feel bad. Well, we're going to talk about it now. It's too late. I'm tired of doing that. I, I missed did it a with, little bit. Of I it. did it with hidden figures for Andy, where I a don't movie, care. The, movie that's been out for weeks and you try not to spoil it for people. I don't care if people. I don't think it. it'll spoil it for me. I don't. Yeah, it's great. Well, I mean, if you know the story, there's, you'll, there's stuff you'll in the watch, story that, in the movie. That you might I've not seen have every plot in history. You'll watch New Edition. We all we all know the the New Edition story because we've all seen at least one unsung or behind the music. I mean, I went and saw them live two years ago. I know. Yeah. The oh, did you, were they all there? No. Fucking Bobby was sick that day. Uh, no, he wasn't. He was, yeah. he, he's sick, all right. Yeah. Fat. Yeah, dope yeah. sick. He was dope sick. <laughs> That's all that is. Um, <laughs> the New Edition movie, I think, had a couple things that people didn't know about them, like like Ricky Bell was also a cokehead for a while. Yeah, like he, that. Had a, he had a drug thing. But most of it was just, you know, the, the stuff program. you knew. More or less, but it was just very well done. I thought it was very well, well done. I thought the cast, the casting was great. Mm-hmm. I thought the writing was good. I thought it was like it wasn't like your typical TV movie bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, they had the rights to all the music. Right. Yeah. And so, and the and the kids slash adults they cast could all sing. So they were singing. They weren't like mountain like lip syncing to new edition songs mm-hmm. they were singing the well, song like the guy who played ricky bell is a broadway is a broadway 
singer. He yeah. was in the Wiz. He was the he was a scarecrow in the Wiz. He was in the movie um, Hairspray. He was on Hairspray on Broadway. That kid, that kid's talented. He's, yeah. he's a talented dude. He can sing. The other cats I didn't really know, mm-hmm. but I knew that kid, and I was like, if they went out of their way to get that kid, then <laughs> then all these other guys can sing too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, because why do you go get this one kid to play Ricky Bell and not get other people who are at least of his caliber? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. So they did a good job. I mean, also there were little touches, like um, like thoughtful. I, I thought, you know, some thought went into it. Like there was a scene when the manager who was played by Michael Rappaport first catches Bobby Brown doing coke. Mm-hmm. He's like in a car with two girls. Sure. Because they're like getting on the bus, and they're like, "Where's Bobby?" And he finds. Well, during that scene, when they're looking for Bobby Brown, the song that's playing is a Rick James song. Yeah, oh. yeah. cocaine is, me, yeah, cocaine is a hell of a drug. Yeah. And so, like that—that that was clearly, in my opinion, intentional. Like we're gonna, like, oh yeah, like associate this scene with cocaine before you even see him doing coke. So I thought, like, just you know, people—they put some effort into it. a lot of TV movies are like just thrown together bullshit yeah, right. a lot of people had a lot of stuff invested a lot of people and by people i mean black people had a lot of <laughs> had a lot invested in this movie to the point that i put a tweet up i was i was eating in a steakhouse just lunch eat lunch i'm sitting at the bar and i'm eating lunch i'm just having a having a, a steak salad and it was good mm-hmm. <laughs> and i have my steak head, caesar salad have my headphones i don't do steak caesar i just oh. do uh balsamic vinaigrette oh okay and I have my headphones Healthy. on, and I'm just eating, and his brother's sitting next to me. And just out of nowhere, he goes, hey, man, I don't know what BET is going to do with this new edition movie, but I <laughs> hope they do something correct with it, because you know how they do. You know, just <laughs> out of nowhere. And he was white. That was it. <laughs> that guy was white. <laughs> that was the conversation that just began, just out of nowhere. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I thought he was going to talk to somebody about, because uh, something was going on on television. I think somebody was, it was in the process of one of the, one of these fucking Trump nominees thing, and I thought oh, he yeah. wanted to point and just be like, these motherfuckers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we had a 10-minute conversation about did we think BT was going to do justice to the movie, and that they, both of us were like, they better not fuck it up. There was a lot of that. Did y'all think they were going to fuck it up, or were you undecided? I mean, we were, everybody was 50-50, like, they yeah. could fuck this up. And the thing <laughs> is, it's not just, <laughs> fuck this up. like, they could fuck up any story, Yeah, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But this story involves- Don't fuck up New Edition. Involves <laughs> casting yeah. kids who can dance and sing yeah. and, and look appropriately the part, mm-hmm. and another set of uh, you know, like adults for the older New Edition- who can also it's there's a lot that can go wrong. You make a mistake there, it's going to be glaring. So they actually did a good job of that, I thought. And the like when they had you know footage on stage, mm-hmm. it didn't look like they were in some fucking apartment that that they tried to look like a a stadium. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It looked like they put some money into it, and it looked like a real stage in a big venue. So. You know, because sometimes sometimes that shit like it just yeah, looks. No. You can just tell, like, oh, they spent eighty dollars on this set. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can't wait to see it. It's gonna be great. Yeah, there's a couple parts I missed. I'm not gonna go back and necessarily watch, but I saw almost all of it. I didn't see the very beginning of the first episode. I don't think. How many episodes are there? Three. Just three. Okay. There's three episodes I it. that were right. two hours I did long, two days. but. There was like an hour and ten minutes of it was commercials. Yeah, is it on on demand? Watch on demand because yeah. commercials are out. Yeah. All right, there's good. just that one long BT commercial. Nice. Yeah, but all the other commercials are done, so I was able to do it in, in two days. 
Okay. All I did right. <laughs> While we weren't doing the podcast. Yeah. Hey. I was just sitting here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, See what was, I said, you know what? I'm going to watch I'm gonna watch the BET movie. See how much better <laughs> life is without doing a podcast. It is. <laughs> Let's just not <laughs> do it, guys. I'm going to watch the BET movies. Just and they left, it. and I just sat in the house and watched BET and watched the new edition. <laughs> oh, and I got Ava hooked on uh, Candy Girl. Of course. And now she's uh, doing dance steps. She wants to do some sort of a dance for a talent show. A ribbon dance, and I told her that she needs to practice with her mother. You know, because mm-hmm. I said, I said, you know, your mother is a, is a dancer and can choreograph dances for you. Mm-hmm. She can teach you what to do. I can do it myself. Oh, all right. I said, okay. And you haven't really danced since that Whispers video. <laughs> no, not since then. <laughs> Keep on loving me. Not since that. <laughs> then I'm watching. I'm watching. We were watching a thing. And they showed a thing with the kids where dude was choreographing them. Uh, I didn't, Payne. Know, I didn't know that was uh, his uncle. Yeah, Ronnie DeVoe's uncle. Uncle. Mm-hmm. He was choreographing him, and I told her to come, and I said, watch this. I said, you see how they're practicing? <laughs> I no. said, you see how they're practicing with this? With this? this is what you need. You better go talk to your mom, because mm-hmm. this is what you need mm-hmm. to be doing. <laughs> so this is how you get out there, and you get good. So you practice over and over and over. So mommy can help you do that. Daddy can't help you do that. Mm-hmm. Daddy can help you teach you how to punch somebody in the face, but I can't do that. <laughs> you still got to practice the punching. Yeah, you got to practice that. You can't just go punching <laughs> you people. Punch people, you practice that. Do you ever that w- think like you and Amy could just train her in capoeira or something? <laughs> <laughs> we probably could. There's a, a girl who's a black belt at, at the uh, gym in capoeira. We half kinda... dance, half ass kicking. <laughs> <laughs> So so now okay so how about this so her little buddy came over and they they hurriedly choreographed oh no some sort of a dance in the bedroom to that song or no they oh. were just in there they were just in there and then she says I want you guys to come watch so we went <laughs> in and they did they did some sort of dance with ribbons but Ava start Ava Ava went five six seven eight and because she watched them do a count in yep. on the BT so now she's hyped. <laughs> mm-hmm. Five, six, seven, eight. She can't snap her fingers. Wait yet. till she that's, hears "Do Me." That's the only thing. Yeah, well, somebody mm-hmm. said that because I put up a tweet that she wants me to. She wants me to. Uh, she loves Candy Girl now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want her up on the, that's up the, the floor. That's the song. And then I think it was Hennessy. It might have been Hennessy. Hennessy. I mean, he was like, uh, <laughs> "You introduced that BBD that BBD." Yet? I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> She's got to find that on her own. Yeah, <laughs> she's got to find that. She still on got her. popcorn love. No, I know. I, was, I played her popcorn love the other day. We used to have a math teacher in high school that said his daughter wanted to go see BBD and he wouldn't allow her to back then or whatever. Yeah, that was a little And he would say, like, come on, man. I want that booty shake stuff. Like, I thought it was me. I ain't ain't going for that. You know, he was a funny dude because he would say, like, check your work for math problems. He'd say, it's like regs and effects. You got to check, baby, check, baby. One, two, (laughs) He was trying to reach the kids. Yeah. Yeah. He was a cool dude. Was he white? Mr. Chase, hell no. No, uh, Mr. Chase last week was probably sitting in a steakhouse talking people yeah, up about the talking, new edition. Talking to people about new <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my brother. Um, <laughs> I hope they don't talk about that BBD shit too much. Oh, today Ava, Ava did the slide out today. Oh, okay. She wanted to. She was like, he was like, I'm doing it. She was like sliding around. I said, like, what are you doing? I'm trying to do like those guys. Who are those guys that the boy group that was singing? I said, like, are you trying to do a slide out? <laughs> She's trying to do a slide out. <laughs> Sliding around the house trying to do a slide out. So. so who are the boy bands now that a girl her age would fall in love with? I wouldn't know and I don't want to know. I mean, One Direction was a few years ago now. Yeah. But is there just no one now? There's no big group. I mean, I wouldn't know, I guess. But I, yeah, I, I don't know. know. Every now and then I'll go on Twitter and I'll find out that like 
one of these white boys like you know just fell into clinical depression and is at a fucking 30 day <laughs> stay in the hashtags like free hashtag grinding can, yeah. you know emo boy or something yeah, they yeah. all have these weird names too yeah Caleb or K yeah know. you gotta give your kid a weird name to give him some angst and then he'll go into music to please you but I mean I definitely see the little you know chicks with their dyed hair and stuff all fawning over <laughs> these guys with free, hashtag things free flambe no um we do have a couple uh, listener emails. We just got one. Literally while we were recording just now. How did this person know that we were recording? Did you post a picture yet? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's get to the let's get to the emails. We got one from Tanya. Oh, what up? Tanya, New York. Shout yes, out. Indeed. I think that was the only one we got. So Tanya says Title of the email, don't blame it on the piano player. Hi, Randolph, Andy, and Sock Puppet, or maybe Tim. Long time no email, but of course, love you guys, and made a Christmas deposit in the Jet Fund. Well, thank well, you. Thank you so much. Uh, anyone in last week's episodes, anyway, in last week's episodes, there was a long discussion of brothels, and at one point, Andy commented with, the, with a piano player in the background, LOL, <laughs> like the symphony video. Uh, I can confirm that this has indeed happened, at least in the brothels of the past, a neighborhood friend of ours who is in his 80s now played piano in a brothel as a 14-year-old in the 1940s in Wilmington, Delaware. He went on to be a professor at Juilliard. So to all the peeps, just know that you can make something great of yourself no matter where you start. All the best, Tanya. Yeah, comics used to start in strip well, it's clubs. interesting. Richard Pryor, there's in the in the movie of Jojo Dancer, which is a biography, mm-hmm. Which we all found out later was an was an autobiography, autobiography of his life. <laughs> he grew up in a brothel. The piano's a piano player in a brothel. Yeah, you yeah. Know, who was in love with the woman who was his mother, who was killed by a trick in the movie. She wasn't killed in real life, but she was killed by a trick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you and there was there are comedians who performed in brothels, performed in strip clubs. Let me tell you something. Jay Leno did. If there were big brothels, like if brothels were in every city. We would all be working in brothels. You better believe because it. that's where our yeah. life takes us. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And if strip clubs weren't, if strip clubs were more along the line of burlesque shows, we'd all be performing. At that's burlesque where, shows. like that's guys true. like Jay Leno used to perform. It would be right. like strip clubs, essentially right. burlesque, but and maybe not brothels. But you could probably. It's probably a champagne room somewhere. Yeah. Jay used to perform at the one upstairs from Archibald's Fast Eddie's Pool Hall. Andy did. I comedy was thinking cafe. about yeah, comedy cafe. I, did. Yeah. I was I performed. That was you first time I ever there. Tim stage. Reed. Wow. Tim Reed. That was a comedy club though. Who was back in then? A, yeah. Tim Reed started. Uh, for those who don't know, Tim Reed, Venus Flytrap from WKRP in Cincinnati, started in a comedy duo, which Andy and I could have done if we'd been around that time. Right. A white guy, black guy. Mm-hmm. Tim and Tom. Tom Driesen. Who's a fantastic, a fantastic comedian? Fantastic, open for for um, uh, Frank Sinatra for years on the road was his was his opening act. But he was a fantastic. He still is. He's a fantastic. If you go and watch Tom Dreesen now from L.A. when he's just going in doing a workout set, he's in his got to be in his seventies. Still goes in and does workout sets, just smooth and crisp and and sharp. And then juxtapose that with like 
Paulie's dad. That's a whole nother thing. Let me not get started. Let me just say, Tom, <laughs> Tom is Tom is he's great. He's a great comic. If we were a comedy duo in the forties, we'd be known for our routine. Whites on first. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But when, hey, who's on first? Not me. But when Tim was uh, <laughs> Tim was kind of working on his own, he was working at a strip club here in D.C. He lived here in D.C. for like six weeks. The club put him up, and he worked during the day. People from would go from Capitol huh. Hill and go in yeah. with the strippers, and he was going in between, in between sets and stuff like that. That was when comedy six was, was wow. less personal. Because if you're sitting in a strip club, you probably don't want a comic asking you questions, right? Uh, Particularly if you're a congressman. Yeah, <laughs> comedy changed a bit, so yeah. it didn't really fit that environment. But well, if you look at had uh, him come out do like the opening thing and then be like, okay, and now the Bing Girls or something yeah, like yeah. they did that on Sopranos one time. Well, if you look at Comic Strip Live's YouTube page mm-hmm. which they don't upload much they haven't uploaded in a long time but they uploaded at one point they had a flurry and they uploaded a ton of shit a lot of it from like the early mid 80s mm-hmm. like they have entire nights like a four hour clip for a little bit my back is killing me there's like a four hour clip you can just I gotta do some jordan stuff here yeah <laughs> give it an ice pack uh Quarter just come out oh you, you can watch a night at the comic strip in new york just like all the comics you know like, oh and now now uh, Joe Bolster and now Jerry Seinfeld. Here's Paul Reiser. And lay down like like Larry Bird. <laughs> yeah, you got your feet up. Yeah. <laughs> here's uh here's this next comic Here, and Dennis Wolfberg and they have clips from that era, that early mid '80s era, and some of the clips. Mm. If it's an entire night, the beginning of the night, there's musicians on stage. There's a piano player and I think maybe a drummer or somebody else. And the way they would start the night at the comic strip was live music. And then the MC would come on. Lucian, actually, on a couple of those clips, comes on and says, hey, we got a great show for you tonight. Blah, blah, blah. Let's start the show. And then the first comic comes up, the musicians leave the stage. Mm-hmm. And so that's how like, the, those things used to be kind of married, and then it, eventually they all just sort of separated out. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, all right, live music plus comedy plus dancing plus, you know. You know yeah, you got a whole lot show. of stuff because every time there was a, um, in the old burlesque shows, there was an MC, but there was also separately a comic. You know, yeah. a comic would come out and and do shtick, and it was believe me, it was shtick. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't what we would call what we consider stand up, but it was getting laughs. Mm-hmm. Or you go on the borscht belt, but there was always a stripper. You know, and again, Pryor talked about that where it was like when he got his first club at that club in Youngstown, Ohio, that he always talks yeah. about where he dealt with the, where he dealt the, with mafia. the mafia. It was like you had the MC, you had a comedian, and a uh, and a stripper. Every show. Yeah. Those three things. MC, comedian, it's on the JoJo Dancer movie. He came, like they did a role reversal. The stripper was the MC, comedian, and he came out as a stripper, you know, just for shits and giggles. <laughs> Richard Pryor comes out with a boa. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we say all that to say is if uh, we had been around, we would have performed. We'd be performing there this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere. And if you are a comedy fan, the Comic Strip Live uh, YouTube account has Eddie Murphy from October 83 doing the Delirious set oh, at shit. the Comic Strip. I think he recorded it in the summer of 83. This was maybe after. Yeah, it was. So, was or the Chris Rock working out. Yeah, they have one of Chris Rock from a few years ago. It's at the end of like a four-hour clip. He does like a half hour, mm-hmm. just a night at the strip. But um, the Eddie Murphy one is good because it's not just 
him doing his delirious set, he's it's looser. It's a club set. He stops, does crowd work, fucks with the crowd, talks with people, goes back into a bit, has a few bits that aren't on the special, you know. Right. So it's uh, it's worth watching. The other email we got, which is from Anthony Williams, was um, actually an article he sent us. Mel Gibson, Vince Vaughn to star in movie about police brutality. Yeah, is this supposed to be a comedy? What is this? Is this real? Uh, I saw that that popped in my feet. I was like, it's not real. Uh, police and brutality I just, comedy? I just blew by it. <laughs> I, could see, I could see them Baton, fucking thinking it. Would it be called Baton Swingers? Because they're both kind of funny guys. <laughs> so I could see them doing some shit like that. Um, Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn will reteam to star in Dragged Across what Concrete. What were they in together before? What is reteam? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. What, I don't know. I can't think of what they Such were. Such an odd pairing. They're both conservative, I think. Well, yeah, they Very are much. that. But like Hollywood speaking, I mean, they're both big white guys. Well, remember though, like conservatives conservatives don't work in Hollywood. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> the movie called Dragged Across Concrete, a crime oh, that, thriller. Oh, that's going to go well. About police brutality, <laughs> directed by Bone Tomahawk filmmaker S. Craig Zoller, whatever. Who the fuck? I don't know who that is. S. Craig Zoller. Bloom will introduce the project to buyers at the European film market in Berlin. This is a variety. This is all industry shit. Um, so and so is producing whatever. Gibson and Vaughn will play cops who are suspended when a video of their strong arm tactics gets wide attention. They then descend into the criminal underworld to exact revenge. A cop revenge. Jesus a, a, Christ. Hold on a second. A cop brutalizes someone and this is his revenge fantasy movie? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Vaughn started as a sergeant in Hacksaw Ridge, which Gibson directed. Okay. Ah, that's okay. So that's the routine, but they didn't act together. They may stink together. Well, is yeah, I guess they're it's acting together. Stinking ass movie. Uh, the movie received six Oscar nominations. That's Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, Zoller said, "Dragged across concrete is best suited to my goal of making a heartfelt, surprising, sad, funny, shocking, and memorable world with multiple viewpoints." Uh, you know, got to tell both sides. Yeah, tell both sides. As is often the got to tell the side of the cop who beats someone up for no reason. Yeah. As is often the case in my novels and screenplays, the protagonists are in perilous circumstances against which they struggle in different, in different and surprising though logical ways. So they're the protagonists. Yeah, they're the stars. Not yeah. the antagonists. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's you know it's a storytelling term. Okay. <laughs> I'm absolutely thrilled to have Mel and Vince agree to play the lead roles. Um, on and on and on. So I'm sure you are. So. So maybe I mean I don't know what kind of funny maybe maybe they'll they'll go to this criminal underworld and and they'll humanize the quote unquote criminals they've been beating all these years. Although I'm sure some of the people they've been beating were innocent. Yeah. But uh No, they were all guilty. There are a lot of landmines you're going to try to avoid making a movie like that. Are you kidding me? You mean that that foreign guy is not going to <laughs> gonna be able to not gonna step in to understand anything. that like let's humanize he's gonna uh, he's gonna get his way all the way through that landmine without blowing off a fucking foot yeah <laughs> let's humanize the cops and then humanize the cops then go into the criminal underworld and they humanize the criminals by relating to them but let's not discuss how a lot of the people get beat up by cops aren't criminals after yeah. all let's forget that part <laughs> coming this fall they're all criminals on baton swingers <laughs> 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 so wait, how, you said something about six awards or something? That was or, or, or Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. Okay, I didn't. It did pretty well. 
So that was one of Mel Gibson's like I'm back kind of moments when he directed it. And so he's kind of allowed back now. He has a seat at the table. Well, he's making people money. As long as he makes people yeah, money. Yeah. They don't care. Look, I mean, you know, maybe he's had his redemptive moment. That was years ago that he did his, his what are you, Jew? So, yeah. So You've been persecuting us forever. Yeah. Maybe, he's, uh, maybe he went into the Jew underworld and learned about the Jews, and now he's, he's okay. He's accepted. Who knows? Did y'all listen to... Uh Oh, by the way, thanks again for uh, be sure to like us on iTunes, Instagram, Stitcher, Stitcher everywhere. Thanks for anything you're throwing into you guys. You guys keep this thing going through your support. Um, it's three guys on at Gmail if you go to PayPal. There you go. Um, if you want to donate to the Jet Fund. Yeah. If you want to um, send Randolph gifts. Hey, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for reminding me of that. Hey, thanks to. Uh, to uh, Pepper and James for my nice hoodie. They sent it to the draft house, right? Thanks care of to, you, yeah. Care of the draft house. Thanks to uh, Gregorio and Allie for uh, my T-shirt. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks to anybody else who has anything else coming my way. Thanks for all the best wishes, all the wishes you guys gave me for my 48th. My fucking back is on fire right now. Uh huh. I don't know what the fuck I did. I'm laying on the floor like Larry Bird. <laughs> Dude. I think Bird would lay on his stomach. Yeah, he? he would lay on his stomach because he wanted to watch the game. When yeah. the game went on, he laid on his back. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's before iPads. Yeah, <laughs> he could just lay on his back. Or those like, those mirrored goggles, where yeah. you could just look up, be <laughs> just, looking forward. Just look up. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much for the birthday wishes. I greatly appreciate them. You guys helped me bring in forty eight good. Uh, thanks to anybody who's who watched me on TV One today. I appreciate I appreciate the love on that. I had a great time. TV One with Roland Martin. There. Thanks to Alex Scott for having me on. He said he was going to get me on. He brought me right on. Alex Scott just moved That's back great. to the area. Just moved back to DC. He wasn't fucking around. He said, great oh, comic. Okay. I'm going to get you on. And he brought me on. Yeah, he was at the draft house last week. Yeah, yeah he was and good. that night he was like, yeah. I'm going to get you on. I'm booking TV One now. And you're going to come on with me. And I was like, all right. And he... he Call me, text me yesterday. <laughs> you be on tomorrow? I was like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Let me move some things, move some things around. Went over there. It was nice. Uh, it was a great time. Roland came at me immediately. Oh, just like Alex said. What do you have to say? I didn't. See I was it. wearing a bow tie, and he goes, "Listen, um, Roland's gonna come at you immediately because he don't. He did, you're new on the show, so he's it's like a roast. Say, yeah, he's he's gonna come at you immediately. So whatever he comes at you, just be ready. I'm just trying to tell you. I was like, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. <laughs> so he came for me, and I came for that neck. <laughs> I came for that neck. So we had a good time. Yeah, and now you're banned. Yeah, right. <laughs> Never again. So we had a good time on there. How long was the segment? We got there for about five, six minutes. Nice. We were the last segment. Because you never know your segment that might get cut depending on yeah. what's going on in the world. It's a serious news show. Yeah, no. But it's like a comedic yeah, segment. Yeah, at the end on Wednesdays. I see a lot of people from our scene getting on that Yeah, piece. Jamel Dotson yeah. got on recently. Yeah, he was on there. I, yeah. I think he said he got cut short or something. Yeah, they got cut short. But he's that's a good venue for him, too. Cause yeah. He'll talk your fucking hero. But he'll also m- try to marry like news, serious topics, and comedy. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how much to do serious topics every week on that show, but that's kind of his lane yeah. anyway. He was just on the Kill Tony podcast at Who's a podcast comedy store. The con- out of the comedy store yeah, he's in, in LA, LA right now. Yeah. yeah he went okay. to LA out there visiting and he had a spot at the comedy store and he did that shit yeah he's doing some things oh, good for him man yeah. yeah that's real nice you know people are moving New York people are moving to LA New York, LA, yeah. New York. You know, DC's representing yeah he's our 
Good time. Nothing's going to come out of it, but it was a great time. Yeah. There'll <laughs> be a credit. One more thing to put next to your name. Yeah, one more thing to put next to my name, TV One. What's that? <laughs> What's exactly. that? I thought there already was a BET. It's in the same office as the NBC, but it's the same green room. <laughs> I was sitting in the same green room as people you see on their morning shows. Let me just say it like that. Everybody's all grumpy because of some Trump shit. No, that green room was really black. Oh. That was one thing. A lot of new edition talk? <laughs> no, yeah, that too. Ugh, uh, it was a lot of, hey, brother, how you doing? Hey, brother, how you feeling this morning? Hey, brother, I really like your socks. That dude told me that this morning. <laughs> Hey, brother, I really liked them socks, but they look really sharp. He had a brother had a dashiki on. <laughs> well, you, were you wearing these socks? No, nah, no, not I'm these ones. Because <laughs> I put these ones on to go to the gym. No, it was a pair of uh, uh, the wife picked me up the dress socks because I've been, you know, trying to shove it on my sock game. Hey, my shop, my sock game is sharp, so she brought me some more home. She was like, oh, I got some new socks, and. Uh, he had a dashiki on, a black dashiki with black pants, but he didn't have a turtleneck on underneath it. Did he have a kufi on? No, he didn't have a kufi on. And uh, we were just sitting there talking. It was him, and then there was another brother who was a uh, uh, very much uh, uh, intellectual brother. So it was like intellectual <laughs> brother and uh, uh, leader of the third world, uh, uh, leader of the first world brother. It was like that old <laughs> rap group, Arrested Development. Right, right. It was very <laughs> much like that. Both of them, a lot of, a lot of. Hey, brother, how you doing? You feeling yeah. good? You good? How you yeah. feeling? <laughs> hey, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you, how, you still feeling good? Yeah. Five hey, minutes later. Doing? Yeah. Uh, have, has that changed at all? A woman come walking in. Hi, sister. How are you? You good? <laughs> this woman preacher was there. She was <laughs> good. She was. Won't he nice. do it? So I, yeah. <laughs> so I look up and I see the the brother with the. Uh, with the dashiki on, it was like, brother, uh, Dr. So-and-so, professor of African-American studies. And of I was course. like, oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course. Of the course. Of course. Uh, he's an actual, he's not like some Dr. Umar Johnson. No, no, no. He's an actual, <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he teaches. You yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. teaches. You know, and then we went on and did our shit. And then when you're done, you're done. They're like, all right, get the fuck out. <laughs> hey, see you later, brother. <laughs> <laughs> get out. You know, clean your makeup off. Get out of here. They don't even help you take your makeup off. You do no, it. No, you got to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Their job is done. They just throw you a, throw you like a wet wipe. Here yeah. you go. <laughs> clean yourself. Like you just ate at the hot wing store? <laughs> clean yourself. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I look forward to hopefully doing it again. Clean up, brother. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of fun. Can't use our towels. A lot of fun. So, yeah, there was a lot of Trump talk going on because he just nominated. They just did Supreme Court had just come out. Right. Um, the the ban had just come out, uh, but what hadn't happened was the uh, the the uh, Black History the Black moment. Black History moment that hadn't happened yet. Ah, uh, that the, hadn't uh, happened yet. The the breakfast thing where he gave a. I I mean I don't know if you've watched the video yet, but I didn't want to watch. I read it when he read the speech. Like I was telling you earlier, he clearly was just seeing it for the first time. You got to watch him do it because he's reading it and trying to look up and engage people But because mm. he he's never read it before. He's clearly never seen this text. <laughs> yeah. And he tries to go off script a couple times because you can tell because it's like the impact of African Americans in this country and he goes... <laughs> And really, the world like he's improving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, like in pro- the moon too. Yeah, like, did the, you moon, see that the, the moon, the moon, the stars, movie or the you know the space age, you know. So the moon and the stars, <laughs> the moon and the stars, everywhere, really, all Flowers all dimensions, the trees. all dimensions. Um, so then he's he's reading it like a like a hostage would read a letter. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I denounce all. So it's all slow and choppy, and he's fucking up words. <laughs> And then he gets to the Frederick Douglass part. And he, first of all, he goes, Frederick Doug, 
Douglas, like you know, he, it's clearly just you know he's, he's it's not flowing. No. So it's like when you're doing a bit for the first time. If you know. said the name during Black History Month, if you were read the name Frederick, yeah, wouldn't you automatically populate Douglas? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you would think. <laughs> just believe that during Black History Month, if you read the name Frederick, you wouldn't say Sanford. You would be exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you would immediately say, "You know what? I might let Sanford go." Right. <laughs> I've never heard of a Frederick Sanford. <laughs> no, they're all Freds. <laughs> I've heard Fred G. Sanford. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would let Sanford. that go. I might be like, "Yeah, of course, Fred Sanford." <laughs> Fredericks of Hollywood. It's funny. Kathy Carson out of Baltimore had a funny thing up today where she was like, "Oh yeah." Frederick Douglass was great in Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> and I was saying, yeah, Freed is good. <laughs> Freed is good. That would be the Quentin Tarantino Frederick Douglass movie. Yeah. <laughs> Freed works. I just, I just read it and I was like, Jesus Christ. At what point do white people start being embarrassed? Aren't you embarrassed? The ones that were embarrassed didn't vote for him, but the ones now, I mean, yeah, it's pathetic. Well, here's what we're going to do. If you can pull it up. Maybe we can read it with the uh, intro music. Let me see. Underneath if I can it. get the if I can get the script back, or did you send it? Because the me? article I sent you, I think, has the full transcript of what he said, right, which isn't much. It's was it didn't wasn't long. You guys know my Trump is not good compared to let's say. Oh J- no, no, it's not. A, you don't don't. You gotta. It's like slow jamming the news. You compared gotta, to say JL's Trump. Well, JL's Trump is is next level. Mm-hmm. It's surprisingly hard to read laying on my back. <laughs> Pull this in a little bit. Let me say. Just start talking whenever. Yeah. I'll fade in this. Loading. All right, four oh four me. Oh. oh shit! Really? Yeah. yeah. So this is where. Oh, he says, "I'm very proud now. We have a museum on the Deadspin. national mall." Go to yeah. Go to Deadspin. Deadspin has an article with the entire transcript. Uh, do you want me just to read the? F- Transcript or give your phone to Randolph, he'll do it. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, on your phone. <laughs> did, it, did it come up on your phone? Yeah, yeah, 404 don't mind. I'm a, I'm a very proud, I'm very proud to have this breakfast thing. It was, it was, it was some kind of like they're sitting around a table. Yeah, it wasn't a podium, it wasn't, it wasn't a speech. He was at hit Omarosa. Okay, inside. so yeah. this is not really the transcript, but it's here. There's enough of it here. I can do okay. this. All right. Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> Five, six, seven, eight. I'm very proud now that we have a museum on the National Mall where people can learn about Reverend King, so many other things. Frederick Douglass is an example of somebody who's done an amazing job and is getting recognized more and more, I notice. Harriet Tubman, Rosa Parks, and a million more black Americans who made America what it is today. Big impact. Last month, we celebrated the life of Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., whose incredible example is unique in American history. Yes, people, I read that exactly the way he said it. Last month, we celebrated the life of Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., uh-huh. whose incredible example is in unique American history. I swear to God, this is how he said it. Uh-huh. You read all about Martin Luther King when somebody said I took a statue out of my office and it turned out that that was fake news. The statue was cherished. It's one of the favorite things. And we have some good ones. We have Lincoln and we have Jefferson and we have Dr. Martin Luther King. 
Make it about you. Douglas, get away with Oh, shit, it's not here. Well, you got it the first time. Yeah. The Frederick Douglass thing, he said all that he has accomplished and people are noticing, or I noticed, is he almost thought, like, you thought, well, does he think Frederick Douglass is currently alive? I think he does. But then Sean Spicer, the uh, deer in headlights, you know, press secretary guy, mm-hmm. whatever his title is, who talks like Kevin Meany. He said the same shit because a reporter then asked him, like, hey, what's with the whole Frederick Douglass thing? He goes, oh, yeah, like, everything he's done is really good. <laughs> so they, no one probably knows what the fuck's no, going on. They don't. No, they don't. No, not at all. Nor do they want to. No, that's the thing. He, Ironically, in a symbolic sense, he is dead to them, even though they don't really know yeah. whether or not he's dead. Here's the full transcript. It came up on my phone. Oh, did it come? Um, well, the election, it came out really well. Next time, we'll triple the number or quadruple it. Yeah, why are we talking about the election again? We want to get it over 51, right? At least 51. I guess that's percentages. Okay, so then he... Why are we talking about this again? Then he continues. Well, this is Black History Month. Mm-hmm. So this is our little breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> our little get-together. Jesus Christ, nothing condescending there. Hi, Lynn. How are you? Just hey, a f- black person. <laughs> yeah. Just a few notes. During this month, we honor the tremendous history of African Americans throughout our country, <laughs> throughout our world, if you really think about it, right? And their story is one of unimaginable sacrifice, hard work, and faith in America. Not for long. You don't have any faith uh, in this country. What are you talking about? I've gotten a real glimpse during the campaign. I'd go around with Ben, that's Ben Carson, who was sitting with him, to a lot of different places I wasn't so familiar with. (laughs) He'd go to, what, Popeyes? Uh, They're incredible people. And I I want to thank Ben Carson, who's going to be heading up HUD. That's a big job. That's a big job. That's a job that's not only housing, but it's mind and spirit. Right, Ben? And you understand nobody's going to be better than Ben. <laughs> Last month, we celebrated the life of Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., whose incredible example is unique in American history. You read, read all about Dr. Martin Luther King a week ago when somebody said I took the statue out of my office. Let's it turned it out that was fake news. Fake news. The statue news. is cherished. It's one of the favorite things in the, and we have some good ones. We have Lincoln, and we have Jefferson, and we have Dr. Martin Luther King. But they said the statue, the bust of Martin Luther King, was taken out of the office, and it was never even touched. So I think it was a disgrace, but that's just the way the press is. Very unfortunate. I am very proud now that we have a museum on the National Mall where people can learn about Reverend King. So many other things. Jesus. Frederick Douglass is an example of somebody who's done an amazing job and is being recognized more and more, I noticed. As a Republican. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's Harriet Tubman, we'll Rosa Parks, and millions more black Americans who made America what it is today. Big impact. I'm proud to honor this heritage, and we'll be honoring it more and more. The folks at the table, in almost all cases, have been great friends and supporters. Daryl, I met Daryl when he was defending me on television. And the people that were on the other side of the argument didn't have a chance, right? And Paris has done an amazing job in a very hostile CNN community. Again, all about him winning fights. Mm-hmm. He's all by himself. You'll have seven people in Paris, and I'll take Paris over the seven. 
but I don't watch CNN, so I don't get to see you as much as I used to. I don't like watching fake news, but Fox has treated me very nice. Wherever Fox is, thank you. We're going to need better schools. <laughs> and we, see how he keeps going off script? Mm-hmm. The schools part was supposed to follow like the last on-topic part, and he just went off on this whole other tangent. We need them soon. We need more jobs and on and on and on. It's just That's just the way he is. He can't not make it about himself. Nope. He has to turn it into like, uh, I was a victim and I overcame something. Speaking nope. of victims, hey, it's Black History Month. Speaking of victims. Speaking of victims. Uh, let's speaking talk about of, me Speaking of somebody second. who's been through something. Talk listen. about me. <laughs> uh, listen. Uh, this guy, why, why are white people embarrassed? Um, what does it take to get y'all embarrassed? Well, what do you mean? Like, how would white people show their embarrassment as a people? Jesus the, the thing Christ! Is, just collectively, as people, just put your hand, put your hand on your head, and go, Jesus Christ! I think man. white people have just collectively. You can't. You don't have the shame to just do mm-hmm. that. Just there's, collectively. There's go, no oh white my. collective. Oh my God! That's the problem. There's no collective. <laughs> there are plenty of people who are like, oh, Holy shit! Jesus! Can there be See, more depth? You to motherfuckers this? need to start getting getting. Treat it as a goddamn group for everyone to change. <laughs> Maybe you'll learn something about your goddamn self. Or a bunch of lone wolves it's like out punching there. a fucking Nazi in the face. Maybe if he got punched in the face from an earlier time, we wouldn't have this shit right now. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. No, I Maybe agree. if y'all viewed each other as a group, you wouldn't have these fucking problems. You take responsibility for each other. Instead, you let motherfuckers just run around doing all kind of crazy shit. Y'all let them off this month. Let me think, if somebody black went on TV talking this kind of shit, <laughs> are, are you kidding me? <laughs> if Barack Obama was just talking this kind of shit, first of all, black people wouldn't have voted for him. Be like, I ain't voting for that motherfucker. You, right. you mm-hmm. fucking make us all look bad. Well, he'd be, if he campaigned like that, he'd be heading up HUD right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he would be. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, you know what? I used, to, I used to think that us taking responsibility for each other like that was like something that would hold us back. Like we got to stop being like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Other people need to start. <laughs> no, no, no. That that has fucking been great quality control mm-hmm, <laughs> on the right. black on us as a as a people. <laughs> we take responsibility for one another. We say, no, you're not going to fucking do this. Mm-hmm. You're going to get right. And Checks you, and balance. And if you ain't gonna get right, we fucking expel you from the group. You are off the Iskame, man. You ain't coming yeah. to the cookout no more, dog. Get yeah. out of here. Nope. <laughs> get out of here. Nope. When are white folks gonna start doing that? That's not that's it's not we're not built that way. We don't relate to Trump in any sort of real way. So it's not like uh I I feel the sting personally. Yeah, it doesn't well, affect yeah. me. That I mean, he's a he's a an international embarrassment. I'm not yeah. gonna. It's not like I'm gonna defend the guy. <laughs> Privilege is, a, is the number one cause of cold feet, I believe. Anybody that's close enough to tell this motherfucker, "Yo, stop fucking embarrassing us," yeah, doesn't want to step on the toes and the connections and shit he can provide them. I mean, look at the Republican Party. Look at even the Democrats. They aren't even stepping up or spitting out right. enough flames. Right. And right. they're getting paid substantially way less. They could be making a lot more as civilians than right. they could being right. politicians. And they won't even step up. It's like, well, what do you want the fucking job for? Well, in that realm, it's a whole different world anyway. If you do step up and he has the ability to fire you, he gets rid of you. But, you know, that's that's a principled thing that you did. So right. Yeah, you should, should do that. On principles. You're not going to yeah. stand up on principle? When are white folks going to be like, this is just fucking embarrassing? Well, here's the, th- here's the He's issue. He's embarrassing the country. The principle <laughs> thing, it's like, well, okay, if I stand up to him and he fires me, now I can't be in positions to help 
elsewhere or further down the line because I don't have the uh, power that I used to have. This is the thing. So You're people will make that deal to with make themselves. make a deal with the devil. Yeah, they'll yeah. make that deal. You don't make deals with the devil because when you make deals with the devil, ultimately you lose. The devil comes for everything. He doesn't just come for the one thing. He comes mm. for everything. You don't make deals with the you devil. Steve Harvey, you don't make deals <laughs> with the devil. You don't look the devil in the eye, Jim Brown, and act like <laughs> things are going to go good. They're Steve not. Harvey and Jim Brown... Both feel like they can talk everybody into and out of anything. Yeah. Well, you can't with the devil. The devil talks you into stuff. Right. Yeah. As he has done. Yeah. He's using their arrogance against them. As he has done. Yeah. That's kind of how the devil works. <laughs> take, yeah. your, take your strength and turn it right against you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what the devil does. You can't do this. Jesus Christ, white folks, get embarrassed. Oh. A little bit of embarrassment goes a long way. That's the shit yeah. about not shaming Shame people. is good. A little bit of embarrassment yeah. goes a Shame long way. Shame is something hurtful and motivationally enhancing. That's the acronym I've made for shame. <laughs> I go for it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a little shame. It's, what the it's fuck? Fine. People overdo the don't sh- don't. Fill in the blank. That's shame. how I learned how to tie a tie. You understand? Like I was sitting there. That's with another my... thing about Donald Trump. Oh yeah, he can't tie a yeah. tie. Well, that's how I what learned. What the fuck? I man? remember my old man showed me like two times, and then I he's like, "All right, go go tie it." Yeah. And I went and tied it, and it was half-assed, hanging like one half of the end, you know, with yeah, other yeah. big one. And I'd say, "Hey, hey, how's this look, Dad?" He'd say, "Well, you tell me. Does it look good or does it look like shit?" <laughs> and I didn't ask him again until I made sure I got the shit right. Yeah. A little shame ain't so bad. It's a motivating thing. Yeah. Well, it's like when Trump had the the story came out of the women who pissed on his bed at that, you know, yeah. Russian hotel. People were like, Don't kink shame him. You can you can make be mad I didn't at Trump. Hear that. Are you fucking serious? A couple of the most woke left people in my Facebook feed were like, Guys, oh, there's a lot you can get mad about that. about Donald Trump, but don't kink sh- I talked about it on stage for like a week. Don't kink shame him. Because that's you're shaming people's sexual proclivities, on and on and on. So, and that's not funny. And and yeah, first is. of all, my bit was like, well, first of all, yeah, it fucking is. Yeah. But <laughs> also, we don't even know if that's a kink. Yeah. Yeah. He might he might just enjoy watching women piss on the beds of his of his enemies. The enemies. Yeah. That's what that is. You know, like we don't even know if his dick was out. <laughs> I mean, if you, know you know want to like, call it like just, that, it, it, put that sort of kink under the sadomasochism umbrella, maybe, but that's, still, but, but that's still a reach. But that still doesn't mean you shouldn't be made fun of. Just because you draw sexual pleasure from something doesn't mean you're above yeah. reproach. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. what if he draws sexual pleasure from anything banning Muslims? You, anything yeah. you want to do. Like, look, anytime we ban Muslims, I get hard. Uh, I can't kink shame him. Yep. You know, that's what gets him off. So like, it's like it's, that's like that overreach of like, hey, 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 wait. You can talk about this aspect of him, but a lot of people have weird kinks, and they're going to feel bad now. Fuck that noise. To too many motherfuckers, the Guinness Book of World Records is postmodern, and I'm not <laughs> having it anymore. People sort of, I mean, this was a different era, so people weren't as vocal, but I heard similar sentiments when Two Girls, One Cup was all the rage. I was exactly. like, hey, some people are into that, and you got to respect what they're into. No, you no, don't. No, I don't. Well, <laughs> I don't have to respect and you also, being into playing with shit. But also laughing at does not <laughs> prevent you from respecting anyway. You can think something's fucking hilarious mm-hmm. and still respect, oh, you do that, that's your thing, but I'm going to make fun of it. Yeah. It's, why, it's not mutually exclusive. You can, you, you can have respect and also find humor. Yeah. There's plenty of stand-up material about things that the the person telling it respects but they're making jokes about it 
So this whole thing of like, oh, you're you're disrespecting people who like to get shit on or yeah. pissed on. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just yeah. making fun of what they do. Yeah. I'm also making fun of the way, uh, you know, old people drive. You know, what yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of shit to make fun of. Yeah. But the whole thing, like, that's that extra left wing kind of that extra Listen, if gear. I can't, if I can't laugh at somebody who likes to get shit on. Right. <laughs> or somebody who likes to watch somebody pee on stuff what yeah. what the fuck else can yeah. i possibly well, like and they didn't even like to get shit on they actually consumed the shit yeah, yeah that's yeah. salo yeah so that that was uh <laughs> it was the next level next level shit is what it was coprophilia coprophagia yeah. yeah yeah let me tell you something if i can get if i can get some laughs out of you peeing on somebody yeah i'm laughing at your ass oh yeah <laughs> if i can get some laughs out of it don't think i'm not yeah <laughs> don't think i'm not if i can get some laughs out of your fucking face when you're coming i'm gonna get some laugh at your ass there's plenty of things that are funny you know and that you don't have you don't have to attach all that extra shit to it if you don't want to no yeah you the one <laughs> <laughs> so anyway that's donald oh, trump oh god oh and it, it can't stop won't stop he just did something else tonight Sending troops to Mexico, that thing? Yeah. Bad hombres? Bad hombres. Well, every day there's a new He'll thing. He'll do something else. It's, every you can't keep up with it. Every day we're going to get up and look at the phone and be like, here we go. It's like he's a workaholic. That's the worst quality he here has. Here we go. <laughs> he, he fucking works his ass off. Every day. Here we go. Couldn't you fucking take a breather? I know he's going to Florida for some vacation, but... Actually, I don't even think he's working that hard. I think Steve Bannon is just shoving papers in front of his face. Yeah, yeah and he's like a, like an old relative. Sure. Who's in David Feldman has started calling Steve Bannon the uh, President Bannon. Yeah. He said, because that'll be the thing that, that drives Trump crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Start telling him hey, this guy's actual president. Yeah, he's actual president. Somebody yeah. said it on press recently. It actually, refer- oh, I think it was Don Lemon. I think he might have said President Bannon. Yeah. yeah. Like off cuff. Yeah. Not thinking about it, but that's just yeah. the way it's v- beginning to be viewed. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I've I've really started kind of pushing the David Feldman uh, podcast on iTunes. Um, Is it just called the David Feldman? Just David the David Feldman show. Yeah. I really enjoy it. David Feldman, um, comedian, comedian. Um, he interviews comedians, which I always like. Um, but he also brings on intellectual intellectuals. He just brings on people from the outside who. Have some sort of sense about themselves. Yes, I'm listening to smart people. You should too. <laughs> Don't be like fucking them who are like, I'm not going to listen to smart people. Listen to smart people. Does Larry the Campbell guy have a podcast? Yeah, listen to smart people. You know, listen to what they say. They're elites. They can't relate. Yes, they can. They're elite. <laughs> Listen to what the fuck they say. You Listen are the average of your five closest friends. You should want to be better. <laughs> Dad gum elites. You should want to be better. You don't want to be like your fucking buddy. Why the <laughs> fuck would you want that? Have He's a beer like with him? You. <laughs> yeah, like it's like you. Sonny from Bronx Tale. Your yeah. friends are jerk offs. <laughs> <laughs> fucking friends, that's stupid. It's <laughs> fucking stupid. I mean, you should. You should. People who be around should be. You'd be cool with them, and you'd be aspire to be. They may. They may have qualities that are better than you, but ultimately, are they really smarter than you? Really? <laughs> really? Mario. Are, why no, they pick Mario's you as a, a fucking friend? psycho? <laughs> Use my test. <laughs> okay, so listen to smart shit, basically. God knows, ain't nothing else gonna fucking save us. 
we're going to die, y'all. I said oh, on the stage. Everyone and, dies. I said on the stage and everybody started laughing. I said, we're going <laughs> to fucking die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every day I watch the clip from, from Predator. We're all gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> everybody got to go. I watch one that day. every morning when I get up to leave. <laughs> when there's that there's that game die. of chicken, right? Where Trump's like, can't have Iranians, and they're like, well, we can't have Americans, and Trump's not gonna let them win. Yeah, so he's gonna pull some next shit on them. Yeah, and then there's gonna be and they have nukes. Like you know, it, it's he's gonna escalate some shit. He's never gonna let I was it. Tell him I was telling Petey, I know a I know a general in a roundabout way. Yeah, mm-hmm. a former Marine general, and he was he was like. We do not want to go to war with Iran. Right. We do not. This is a combat veteran, right? A Marine mm-hmm. who's led men into battle, shrapnel all through his body. Right. Like we do not want to go to war with Iran. It is not going to be the cakewalk that they all think it is. And now he says that, and that's why we won't. Now this is before Donald Trump became president. You know what we are <laughs> with wars right now? We're like um, we're like Tyson post Buster Douglas. We had a couple like first round knockouts right. early in our career. Right. You know, the first Iraq War. I know exactly like, what you mean. Yeah. And now we're like, oh, remember the 2003 Iraq War? Like, oh, that shit's going to be done in like two weeks. Everyone's yeah. like so was shocked that it lasted a month. Yeah. And now we keep thinking, oh, we're just going to show up and like yeah. they're going to like kiss our feet and give up and surrender. That's not the way this shit. That's, it's no. war. It, yeah. it, just because we have that one knockout early in our career, early in a lot of people's memories who are, you know, adults now. Yeah, of the first the the Gulf War, and then you know Vietnam was a, a clusterfuck. Yeah, but World War Two, we're here. You know, we, it's all seen as we're heroic and all that shit. So people think, oh, we're going to go. A war we didn't want to get into, by the right. way. A we war were, that we just let rage on and on and yeah, on. But we were only in it for four years, <laughs> yeah. and obviously, you know, we ended it with the nuclear bomb. But you know, we're like we have this track record of like, yeah, yeah, what you want some of this, and then we go and kick ass and get like that early knockout. But some of these countries, man, they're they're not gonna just they're like Razor Ruddock. They'll go the distance. <laughs> yeah, that, you know? that's Vietnam. Yeah, they'll go the <laughs> distance with you. <laughs> they're fucking, not free, they're not intimidated. They ran your ass off that fucking yeah. on that helicopter, that last helicopter right. <laughs> out. <laughs> and because because all of our, our games are away games, it's a lot more expensive to send our entire military to some region of the country. And obviously we don't want them fighting on our soil, but Still, it's like it, it's intense. It's intensive with like the labor and the cost, and it just fucking buries you. And it's going to yeah. last 10, 15, 20 years or more. Yeah. I'm, waiting on, occupation. I'm waiting on a day of fucking. Of, we hear we heard trail of how a fucking armada showed up on the Virginia beach and just started wading <laughs> inland. Right. <laughs> Come fucking tooling up the Potomac. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, jump off boats and just go for go for there. Well, we got location, location, location. That's what yeah. was, that's what's because we don't have any threats in North America with Canada and Mexico, right? Or at least not a threat well, that we would right ever. Now we'd never take them seriously. We could bury Mexico. Like they don't have the infrastructure, or the military to, to fuck with us now. <sighs> but if they ever decided to ally with someone we don't like. And yeah. they set up yeah. a base right across Brownsville. We're fucked. Yeah, so, we're fucking fucked. You know, like we're just lucky because we got the location. Start working situation. on Mandarin. Because <laughs> <laughs> they they would be the ones that they'd be like, well, you know, we have a lot of money. You guys want? Yeah. Well, they said it. What is it? It's it's looking like it's the only practical solution. Yeah. The other day, war with the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Well, I have how about Duolingo. The, how about the band that's <laughs> not a band? 
Well, they kept they kept walking that back. Well, this is what they want to do. They want to the thing of the thing is that President Bannon has been talking now for a long time about how he wants he wants Muslims out of this country, right. which will morph into Jews, by the way, because he doesn't like Jews. Just like that remembrance mm-hmm. from the Holocaust Museum, where you just conveniently leave out the six million Jews who were killed. Right. That's a hallmark of white supremacy. And I'm tired of, what I'm really tired of is people in the press acting like they don't know that that's what they're doing. Right. Are trying to trick them into saying that that's what they're doing. That's not what they're doing. Simply say it. Mm-hmm. Stop! Stop with that bullshit. You know, you know for a fact what it, because all of you have covered this before. You're not stupid, so stop! I stop! But don't let this! Don't let these! Stop letting these motherfuckers get away with this bullshit. Of well, you know, um, yeah, we're talking about like the the millions of of uh, gypsies that got killed and the millions of gay people that got killed. And first of all, those people who got killed, they were peripherally. Uh, kills the people they were trying to kill were jews period end of story and the other people just kind of got swept up in the process of it and they were like well let's get rid of them too well they didn't they were killed but the whole process was meant to kill the jews end of story right the, 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 they were killed for various reasons where they were whether they were trying to fight back jews were killed for one reason right mm-hmm. so they were targeted right like right. you know if you're if you're fighting an army and they kill everyone in your town it's like well okay the people died because of yeah. the war but if that's different then also in addition to that let's go find jews right. mm-hmm. and get rid of them you know but this is that white propaganda that it's a classic tale it's been done with slavery and now it's been and then they've been trying to do it with the holocaust for years it wasn't that bad they can't say that it didn't happen because there's people walking around with tattoos on their arms. Mm. So they can't say it didn't happen. What you say is, oh, wasn't that bad? It's That's too probably you went and got that tattoo last week. You get a tattoo. Ba- it's not as bad as people say it was. It's the same bullshit they did with slavery. The same bullshit, except we allowed it in this country with slavery. At least in Europe, they don't allow it. Mm. They teach little children about the, about the Holocaust, the whole shit. From beginning to end, if you walk around, you're a Nazi, you're a, you're a Holocaust denier in Germany. You fucking go to jail. Mm-hmm. They don't play that. Yeah. <laughs> they don't fucking play that because they're, they're trying to pay off a debt that's unpayable. But at least they're trying. In this country, we're not paying off no fucking debts. So, oh yeah, we didn't. We didn't. So they're trying to do the same bullshit now with the Holocaust, and everybody knows that. And we're just gonna act like that's not happening. That's that bullshit. That's that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And that's how the shit's going to become normalized. So when they start rounding up the Muslims, I keep telling you all the shit's going to happen. I keep telling you this. They're going to put them on a registry, and they're going to start rounding them up. You can act like it's not, okay? It's going to happen. Well, someone uh, torched a mosque the other night. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, what I was saying, like the fucking guy in his truck who's writing out license plates in and out of a mosque. Ha- that's that's going to start happening. happening, too. But I bet that's already been happening. President Bannon... Once these people were out of this country, and he wants them round up, and once you once you stop them coming into this country, there's already over 12, 12 million Muslims live here, probably more than that. Yeah, yeah. You got to do something with them. Well, I'm glad my family got out. They're already here. You, you got to do something with them. You got to do something with them. I came from a Muslim country. So what are you going to do with them? You're first you're going to put them on the registry. Yeah, and then you're going to round them up. Now you can you can think that that's not going to happen, but it's going to happen unless unless President Bannon and and his fucking sidekick Donald Trump are stopped. It's going to happen. Well, here's where I am with, yeah. with with 
the whole everyone I think I think even smart politicians all pretty much feel like Trump's going to get impeached eventually. Mm-hmm. Most people probably would put their money on that. They're taking bets in Vegas if you want to bet on it. Everyone's aware that this is the eventuality. He's not going to last the whole term. So why not just fucking do it now? Right. You know, I mean, he's done he's enough. He's done enough, no. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so why not just fucking do it? Everyone knows, you're like, we got to wait for the, the process and he's got to do something and we have to get a consensus. Everyone knows it's going to happen. So just fucking do it. Mm-hmm. What, what's, why would we waste time? And then, you know, President Pence would be awful, but he wouldn't be this guy. At least I don't think. I don't know. He could be swayed. Here's the thing. Say Trump gets impeached. Where does Bannon go? Does he just go with him, or does he stick around and be head of the end? No, he'd be gone. Because he can't control. He can't control Pence. Yeah, he can't. Because Pence will actually read the shit that he puts on his desk. But what's this? Yeah, <laughs> before the this? cameras turn on. Yeah, what what is this? You know, and and believe me, I'm no Pen- I'm far from a Pence fan. I, personally, I think he's worse than Donald Trump because take the craziness of Donald Trump and then add uh I'm doing it in God's name behind mm-hmm. it, which makes it even it which makes it 10 times crazier. Right. You put that behind it, you know. So, but he's probably but he's better he guy to have. Do, he won't do those things. Yeah, H- him having the launch codes is not nearly as dangerous. Yeah, yeah, and also that faith in I don't know because well, him having thing, the launch codes, I can see him trying to bring about the apocalypse. I just I just don't think he's <laughs> I can, as I can see that happen. He's not going to fly off the handle the way Trump. Would. No, but I don't I don't see that. He happening. he's. He's he very also, repressed and reserved. He would also listen to. Uh, he's probably he's, he's, he's gay. He's gay. Okay. <laughs> he's because he's gay. No, he would also. Pence li- sounds like penis. He would also listen to. Uh, <laughs> he's gay. He would also listen to generals around him, and and he would have a right a much better cabinet at least. He's more of like an old school. Like this is what a politician does. I get yeah. the people around me at the table. We talk about it, and then yeah. uh, I make a decision. Don't get me wrong. He get voted out in four years. Yeah, but mm-hmm. he'd be gone. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, because a racist wouldn't come out and vote for him, because yeah. he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't actively court racists, which yeah. is what, which is what pushed Donald Trump over was actively courting racists. But these guys are doing jumping jacks because you know, oh, he's not talking about Judaism anymore. That shouldn't be part of the Holocaust. Yeah, because it's a common trope of the fucking white nationalists that well, the Holocaust happened, but it wasn't that bad. It's their all lives matter. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people died though. So, uh, so notice the same day he put up the Challenger uh, photo or whatever from the space shuttle. Yeah, the anniversary. But yeah. I, but that was the same day as like the Holocaust thing that yeah. he like denied. Yeah. But I was like, you know, <laughs> what the fuck? We'll never forget. <laughs> he said, "Never forget" on his tweet about the Challenger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he put "Never forget," and then he forgot to mention Jews. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's not uh, "Never forget." Were there any Jews on the Challenger? <laughs> Probably not. It was one black guy. One black guy. A couple women. One or two women. The teacher was one of them. Yeah, Christian McAuliffe. Krista McAuliffe. Krista McAuliffe. Yeah. yeah. I was home from school that day. I think there was a black cat on there. It was too. in kindergarten. Yeah, it was one. I was in middle school and I was homesick. Speaking of me being sick, oh. and they broke into the Price's Right. After I didn't watch the launch, they broke in after it blew up, and that was like the news for the rest of the day. I think wow. I, I seem to remember them bringing. I was in middle school, bringing television. It was elementary school. What year was that? Let us watch. I don't remember the year, but I know it was in middle school. Bringing in televisions to let us watch. 
Yeah, so we didn't get. I, well, I didn't go to school that day, but I don't think my school did that because I don't. I remember people I also remember them see it. bringing in televisions so we could watch coverage of Ronald Reagan getting shot. See, we didn't get that either. Yeah. Although I was really young, I was probably. What, and then first they grade, made us write grade. letters. To, to Ronald Reagan. To Ronald Reagan, yeah. <laughs> what? In English class. Oh, and so he would get an outpouring of support. Right. How about this, though? The English teacher made somebody write a letter to John Hinckley's parents. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah. Like talking shit? Yeah. And she 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 went to the best writer, <laughs> the best of the kids <laughs> who was a writer, right. and told her to write write like a condolence letter to John Hinckley. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God. <laughs> John I swear Hinckley's to God. parents? Welcome to Texas. Hi, yeah. Fred and Ethel Hinckley. <laughs> You don't know me. I'm a child. I swear to God. I know this must be very hard with your son killed. <laughs> oh. Tried to kill the president. And so in what age? So how old were you at that point? Was that 81? 82? Uh, what year English was that? So you were like middle school then. Sixth, seventh grade. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's horrific. So you weren't like, little, like you were grade. old enough to know. I was sixth grade, yeah. You were old enough to know. Old enough to know this shouldn't this be happening. Sh- tried to murder the president. <laughs> this shouldn't be happening. We shouldn't be writing. <laughs> old enough to know that. Right. But they had you, well, one kid. I was on the sixth or seventh. I think I was seventh grade because I was in band also. Yeah. <laughs> seventh grade, yeah. Old enough to know that not to do this. Yeah. <laughs> old enough to know that. We probably shouldn't be doing this. Okay, and uh, Billy, you're going to write a letter to Mark David Chapman's parents? Yeah. He shot John Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> Let's write she letters. Went the, she went to the best writer. Parents of monsters. I think we should write something to, to his th- parents. Do you think George Zimmerman's parents got a letter <laughs> when he killed Trayvon Martin? Like, Is this still happening in school? What was her name? Is Miss, she still teaching? Miss, Miss Guajardo. Was it Miss Guajardo? I think it was Miss Guajardo. Any horrible she thing? She was a bitch. Miss <laughs> Guajardo. Yeah, she was a bitch, period, but that kind of sealed it. Right. At the time, we didn't think anything weird about it, but it, it was like maybe four years later, I was thinking about it one day. I was in high school, and I was like, she shouldn't have done that. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> New edition kicks out Bobby Brown. Ralph Trezvan's mother gets a letter. Yeah. Uh, your son did a bad thing. <laughs> Oh, girl, I'm sorry. (laughs) We used to have this thing in first grade called dictation where you'd go up on the stage in like the multi-purpose room and there'd be like a couple parents there and they'd be like, tell us a story. And you'd tell them a story and they'd type it out like a seven, eight page thing and then give you the pages to like illustrate with crayons or whatever. (laughs) And all my stories were like, uh, oh. you know, robbed the bank, shot some guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you know, fucking, uh, <laughs> Took the money, went to Vegas in a race car and all this right. like extra shit. Right. And so they went and called my mom and they were like, you know, uh, he definitely has a lot of like violent themes and things in his stories. Right. However. You should probably start sleeping with your door locked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. You should probably sleep with your door <laughs> locked because this boy. <laughs> but they were like, maybe you let him watch too much TV. He mentions he likes MacGyver and stuff like that. <laughs> However, uh, when we gave the book back to him, he read the whole thing back to us, and like no one else in his class could do that. Yeah. So maybe he's just smart, but you got to watch what he's like watching. Misguided. But I wonder in hindsight if Lock that wasn't bedroom, some kind of like dictation set up as like a Rorschach test for yeah. kids to point out who the problem children were going to be. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. Mm. And you failed. Yeah. No, I'd say I passed. <laughs> Barely. You got 
all kinds of crazy stories about dick slapping your principal as yeah. you burn down the school. Probably got an S on that assignment. They used to give uh, us O's. Satisfactory. A- yes, satisfactory. Oh, yes, satisfactory, outstanding. Yeah. And, 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 uh, needs improvement. In, needs improvement, N. and then I, incomplete. <laughs> and unsatisfactory. <laughs> yeah, we you had, could get a U. We had a, that was only kindergarten for me. I think it was the U, the S. I think there was an excellent above satisfactory, some kind of. You would get that for stuff like writing. Yeah. And uh, 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 what was the one they call for uh, how you acted? Behavior. Not behavior. It starts with a C. Uh, I don't even comportment. know. Comportment. Comportment. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have comportment. For comportment. You would get a satisfactory. <laughs> Excellent. Satisfactory. Needs improvement. I got a U in comportment. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Piece of shit. You suck my dick. You suck my dick. I'll oh, take you all shit. over there comporting and shit. Yeah, whatever, man. Yeah, we didn't have we didn't have comportment. We just had, but we did have only in kindergarten the non-letter grade letter grades. No, we got it for a while. Huh. Up to like when I was in Germany, we got up to fourth grade. Yeah. Because like the the basic uh, school part. Uh, rain, write, and arithmetic, you got A's, B's, and C's. But then the other shit, you got the, you know, like uh, uh, being on time and shit like oh, that. Oh, yeah, uses yeah. time wisely. Yeah. Uses shit time that, wisely. Shit that, you can't, that. shit that you can't grade, but we're going to grade. See, we had, uh, well, we they graded us on handwriting. Yeah, cursive. That was yeah. such a bitch. Which was my one, like, bad grade. In elementary school, was handwriting yeah. every time. Yeah. But we had, on our report card, there were also check boxes for like, I don't know if it was a one to five scale or just a yes or no thing, but they had a bunch of things, like behavioral things. One of those was uses time wisely. Mm-hmm. And other things like keeps hands to himself, things like that. So that's where they would, they wouldn't give us a grade on that. They would just give us like a pass, fail, or like a check or an X for that so then our parents would know like hey you're not using your time wisely and you're like hey yeah. could you look up and see all the A's bitch I'm like, <laughs> uh, I think I'm using my time fine <laughs> I'm telling time yeah so. spelling I was like that that was my best thing yeah I, I had yeah I was I, I had a good good run with spelling too eighth grade level and third grade they made us take this fucking oh, that's good man. test uh, that's how you, I was that's how I was reading were you in gifted programs? Did they have those? The, yeah, GT. No, they say they had me like primed to go, but I didn't want to leave all my friends at yeah. the time. So they were like, oh, yeah, you got to go to this thing like across the county. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. that. Hey, Peter, there's all kinds of other kids that write stories about blowing shit yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can all get together yeah. and we, plot. We call it, quote, gifted or reform school. Yeah, and plot. What's our time, Andy? Uh, hour 17. Do you want to talk about uh, uh, LeBron and Barkley? Yeah, I guess we'll do that. Close yeah. I think it's a hilarious story. I was in uh, my gifted program in elementary school. was called Futura. Futura. We had to go to a different school, too. And I then missed uh, it. I missed the gifted program in mine by three points. I remember oh, that to this day. Three points. Futura was fourth mm. and fifth grade. They held me out of it in fourth. And even though I was like the smartest kid in class, they, because I was, I was at that age, I was just, you know how kids are sponges? You just... Yeah, yeah. I was like an extra sponge. I was like a chamois. Mm-hmm. So like you'd read something. I'd read a spelling word once and I would know it. Right. So like, but then Futura was elementary school. I got that fifth grade. We had to go to a different school. 
And then Spectrum was the middle school version of Spectrum. that. Spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds like you have a disorder. It sounds like a bad thing. Are you yeah. on the Spectrum? Yeah. yeah. And you'd go like one day a week for a few hours. And it's like a very bad thing. We learned uh, scientific notation in Spectrum. Yeah, that's hardcore. And then we learned Esperanto. <laughs> Which is a dead language. Which has always been a dead language. Yeah. It was never a living language. Someone just made some shit up and called it Esperanto. We were like, "Why are we, why are we learning Esperanto?" Well, that's the whole thing we with gotta, Latin. We got to make this money. Yeah. They would say. I took Latin. Latin two years. Yeah. I know. I remember nothing of it. Yeah. <laughs> All you yeah. can when get out of that is how to read a legal so brief. I thought I was going to be a doctor. Uh, I what always carried me was my reading. My reading skills have always been off the charts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Because of that, reading and reading comprehension has always been off the charts for me. Yeah. So because of that, I could score really high on on any type of intelligence test. Just shit. If you could just sit down and read the, you could just read the shit to yourself without yeah. having to ask any questions. Right. That's a hundred points right there. I hated reading. <laughs> you know. So I always did well on that. But there was other things that would drag me down. The main thing was the math. Yeah. Math would just drag me down. I can I can count one, two, four, five. So what? <laughs> count them rocks. Oh, <laughs> was you my master now? But stuff like science. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, science is easy for me because I can all I gotta read. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not hard. Just I just reading. remembered shit. I just had a good memory. Yeah. And that's, that's what that a lot of math is memorizing. Goes shit. in with my reading, but yeah. the, like numbers and stuff like that, that shit drives me up the that shit drives me up the fucking wall. <laughs> Learning numbers and theorems and shit like that trust with the fucking wall so i ended up missing our our program by three more three points i know it was the math that yeah. brought me down well you think it was three points you weren't good with numbers no she told me yeah <laughs> it might have been 30 <laughs> oh, so she, she, told, she told you she was like oh you almost got it yes oh well, shit. that's how that's how horrific it was Can you retake I, that? I came back from germany and in germany i was in in uh, but that was like kindergarten to fourth grade yeah so advanced there is like you're in the best reading group yeah <laughs> you know yeah you're in the top level reading group then they did those standardized tests every year anyway yeah mm-hmm. to put you in a percentile the iowa tests yeah, or whatever the bubbles. yeah california yeah. achievement tests yeah because we had to do those in addition i don't know what our qualification was for gifted programs they just put you put you in it i don't they didn't they didn't like say take this test and whoever passes. I think the teachers just recommended kids. Yeah, we had to take a we had to take a uh, verbal test. Yeah, I think our teachers just put uh, just recommended. Like I and I was a, a small shy kid. I think that's why they didn't put me in the first year. But the next year they were like, oh yeah, you're going to this other school one day a week. I remember they put the dumb kids down by the janitor's office in the yeah. boiler. Room oh yeah, it's always yeah. that. Yeah, put you down by <laughs> with the lead paint. That's that. That's that class where <laughs> yeah. you, you get the yearbook and there's one class with like eight kids in it and everything. Every other class has like thirty. It's like, oh, that's the special. That's yeah. the special mm-hmm. class. Down yep. with the lead paint. Let's suck on something in paint. Let's hear this. Uh, LeBron George. James LeBron has had James. enough of Charles Barkley's shit. This is the Deadspin article. And Barkley has since, by the way, responded, I think. Yeah, he did. Former NBA player and current TNT studio host Charles Barkley has long kept saying rude things about LeBron James, in quotes, in his arsenal of take that takes that will get me attention right next to saying the Warriors are actually bad. This has gone on for years. Okay, here's his criticism. He called LeBron, LeBron said that they need extra pl- like playmakers on their team. Mm-hmm. On and on and on. He's been saying that for a couple of weeks. Barkley called LeBron whiny for saying the Cavaliers need another playmaker on the roster if they hope to defend their championship. As Barkley's critiques of James go, this one was actually pretty fair. And as we actually have the video of the critique. James, Cavs have lost six out of eight. 
We're not better than last year from a personnel standpoint. We're a top-heavy team. I just hope we're not satisfied. It's like when you don't have bodies, it's tough. We're top-heavy. It's me, Kyrie, Kevin Love. It's top-heavy. Well, top I'm not singling out anybody. I'm not. Yeah, Who's we won the championship. Ernie. But you know uh, what? Let's see if we can do something. Ernie Johnson. Challenging Dan Gilbert also to uh, spend more. <laughs> and um, Kevin Garnett Highest in Area 21. Got Rasheed Wallace hanging with him tonight. Your reaction. Uh, oh, they got Kevin Garnett, blank. Rasheed Wallace, LeBron off in another area. Blank. Surprising. Because when you're a champion and filling in this one when you want. Who's that talking to? Kevin Garnett. Whatever and the year is giving you. And I'm speaking from experience, right? <sighs> um, the year is going to be ups and downs. It's going to be peaks and valleys. Defending and champs. you got to know that you're getting everybody's best first off, right? Yeah. Secondly, nothing's going to be perfect during the year. You're going to go through ups and downs, and through those peaks and valleys is what you learn about your teammates, what mm -hmm. you learn about yourself, what you learn about everybody around you, the True. organization, everybody. Well, what they're going through is he sounds like he does a word, word, <laughs> word. He's like a hype man. Yep, word, word. So a lot of the bad <laughs> That's right, son. Tell it. They were able to get away with from the front office all the way down to the floor. Right. But now you're defending champions. So now you are under that microscope just a little bit more. It's focused you're in expected. a little bit more on you. are expected to win. We're expecting mm. you to do this. We're expecting you to do right. that. All the word, way word. The front yeah. office word. all the way down <laughs> to the floor. Word, B. And on top of that. Where's life, son? On. When champions go through stuff like this, yep. we deal with it in the locker room. We're not and, talking and to the word is bond. Yep. They're they're seconds away from dapping each other up. Yep. <laughs> yep. Word. Yep. Oh, he did a little he did a little tap on the chest. So with that, KG to, to you deal with each other because you know who's going to get us out of this? Each, each other. other. No yeah. one's coming through this. Okay, if you've ever talked to Russ <laughs> Green, <laughs> that's the conversation you're having when you're saying you're talking to Russ Green. Yeah, Russ is Russ is good for a mid-sentence dap. <laughs> he loves that, like, like if you make a... Touch you in the chest and yeah, dap you. A little tapping on the chest, a lot of that, uh, like, you make a, a decent point, and he's like, yo... Yeah. <laughs> he comes yo, out. Yo, yo, yo. Dog, dog. See, this, this dog. is why I fuck with you. Yo, dog. This is why I fuck with you. I fuck with you, dog. This is why I fuck with you. And then he'll say to no one, there could be no one else around, and he'll just turn to the empty space and say, This is why I fuck with him. Like, who are you talking to, Ron? Oh, really? I know yeah. he's never done that to me. Maybe you don't fuck with this dude. You know what I'm saying, yo? You know what I'm saying, yo? Yeah, you know what I'm saying, yo? yeah I hear that. Like, I fuck with this dude. See? You know what I'm saying, yo? This guy knows what I'm talking about. That's our, you know, that's our view on the issue. I, f yeah. I feel like Cleveland's a championship pedigree. This type of behavior, this is when you're trying to make the playoffs or when you're trying to figure out an identity. When you're a champion, you, just wanna, you deal with it And this is ourselves. normal. This is normal that's happening in that locker room. It's just that you're hearing about it now because of the whole social media area. I mean, error, excuse me, but this is normal for the locker room. You okay, know, let, me, let me go here, and I'll ask you, Chuck, uh, with the uh, – so on the clock, uh, same kind of question I asked KG. LeBron James' comments were blank. Inappropriate, uh, whiny, uh, all the above. The Cleveland Cavaliers, they have given him everything he wanted. They have the highest payroll in NBA history. Oh, they, they they bought, stuffed up he nice. wanted J.R. Smith last summer. They paid him. He wanted mm -hmm. Shumpert last Adenoid summer. Problems they bought in Kyle. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, Kyle Carver. They, he's the best player in the world. Does he want all the good players? He don't want to compete. 
He is an amazing player. But this notion, it's not a scathing defending criticism. champs. No. And for him to be trying to hold anything over Dan Gibbons' head, and I love all these uh, young, these wild punk-ass reporters on television. No, but I know exactly what LeBron's problem LeBron's is. LeBron's a great player and a great I know, guy. I know exactly. But this notion, he's got to have all the best players on his team. He's got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. He want everybody. He don't want to compete. He want to be the favorite all the time. It just pisses me off that a guy that great don't want to compete. His comments were what, Kenny? Inappropriate. Uh, oh, he's just repeating. Yeah. Yeah. But that's man. just a nice way of saying whiny. Yeah, you know, but here's, so. a, here's the thing. I know what LeBron's, LeBron's problem is. Okay, so you say he's the best player on the planet. He's the best player on the team. LeBron has played more minutes in the last – X years than anybody else in the league. He leads the league this year in minutes. Yeah, and he's leading again this, this year in minutes. He's played. They mapped it out. One year he played twice as many minutes as anybody it's else. Been the final league. seven straight years. Right. Right. Mm, right. Yeah. Yep. The reason why they even won. So, so you say well, he wants all the best players. Even with all the be- if if he has all these best players, why is he still playing more minutes than anybody else in the league? He doesn't take any time off. He can't, he can't. He can't afford to. He has to drive himself and drive himself and drive himself and drive himself. That's the first thing. So he gets more criticism than anybody in the league, which I mean, I guess is to be expected because he is the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. But this shit about people can criticize you. You're not supposed to say anything back. I'm tired of people telling other other Terry grown Bradshaw. people that. I'm tired of people telling other grown people that. You tell another grown man is I can say anything I want about you because that's my job. Just to criticize you, and you don't get to say anything back to me. I'm, I'm, I am pretty tired of that, and I'm not, I'm not even the one who's getting it at any and every opportunity. So when LeBron is like, "Hey, man, fuck you," I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> I completely understand that." Yeah. What I don't get is how people don't don't seem to understand that. They just think, "Oh, well, he should just take it." Well, my thing with LeBron on this, what happens is a reporter puts a mic in his face and says, uh, "What's going on? You yeah. guys are struggling," and he says. We need to play better. And then he says, maybe after another game, we need better players or we need another playmaker. He's answering the question honestly. He's not whining when he gives these responses. Right. When you watch this post-game locker room talk, he's going, he's being frank. He's saying, hey, we need a playmaker. Yeah, and what he's saying is not just we need a playmaker because you know I want all the best players. <laughs> Could be we need somebody on this team that's already here to step up. What he's saying is the, the fucking Warriors just put up 146 points exactly. or something right. against the Clippers. That's where all the best players are. That, but that's the team real. he's trying to compete with. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he does need another playmaker. But you want these athletes to be like – like ridiculously, that's a, good, that's a good point, Andy. Yeah, he's you know the Warriors have put up 146 points, so clearly they have, they must have. Yeah. If they don't got all the all the talent, they got a great portion of they it. Got one of the best teams yeah. of all time. Yeah, and they they broke the wins record last year regular season. Yeah, they got Kevin Garnett, and the only reason they lost was because LeBron James played on the Cavaliers, and Draymond oh. Green got suspended. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. He's out of his fucking mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this year that probably won't happen. No, right. it won't. And also. Everyone wants these players to be like ultra competitive, like just ridiculously competitive, right? right. Like, mm-hmm. and so when someone says, uh, "Do you think the team needs more players?" If this guy is like win at all costs competitive guy, 
what they think he should say is, no, I'm going to go out there and win. No, that's stupid. But the it's most competitive Hollywood. thing is to say, we need a better team. <laughs> yeah, right. That's I want right. to compete better. Why is that not considered competitive, but the, hey, deal with the, play the cards you dealt and go out there that's and That's analytical. Do it. See, that's the yeah. problem is people think that because it's like a big top three contact sport that you're not supposed to be smart about it. I mean, you get right. praised on one hand for your basketball IQ, but then on the other hand, if you're the best player, you're supposed to just like surmount it with four sheer will the good lord and whatever else but you're not supposed to say hey you know what i need some help here because this thing we got here this isn't going to cut it against kevin durant if you want to talk about people that fucking requested people i mean there you go the warriors he got criticized for that too and he and he took some umbrage to the criticism it's gone now though huh nobody cares now because they're fucking drilling people but all that that sports culture bullshit of like uh no excuses next man up yeah. Next man's not good, not as good as yeah, the guy that just good, got hurt. Not as good as me. And no one on no one on planet Earth is as good as LeBron James. And if no. if you lose Kyrie or Kevin Love, like they did two finals ago when Kevin right. Love was there, like you can't just say, uh, oh, next man up. Like they have this macho puff your chest out shit. Like a guy, let's say clearly is hurt, playing mm-hmm. hurt, and his game is suffering. And they ask him about his injury after the game, but up, oh, no excuse. No, that's an excuse. Yeah. yeah. That is an excuse. Yeah. You can say that. No, no excuses. No, I can't say that. Why not? So they want these like competitive robots. But I think all LeBron is saying when he says we need better players is being also competitive. That's that's more realistic yeah. competitiveness instead of the you know, just tape it up, give me a shot, send me out there, no excuses. Yeah. That's just that dumb macho that's shit. That's where a lot of addicts I know, including <laughs> myself, once upon a time would get in trouble. You lie to yourself about, yeah. oh, I could do everything on my fucking own and I'll, and, and I'll never ask for help. Yeah. That's stupid. Well, here's LeBron's part of LeBron's response to Barkley. I'm not going to let him disrespect my legacy like that. I'm not the one who threw somebody through a window. Mm-hmm. I never spit on a kid. I never had unpaid debts in Las Vegas. LeBron, I never said a, I'm not a role model. Juggler. I never showed up to All-Star Weekend on Sunday because I was in Vegas all weekend partying. All I've done for my entire career is represent the NBA the right way. 14 years, never got in trouble, respected the game print that also not included in this quote was additional stuff he said how barkley's mad because he's has to have this job i guess he's trying to say gambling debts like Uh, he's forced to sit on that set every week (laughs) (laughs) wow so i mean you know he called him a hater also that was not part of this called him like a bill bennett he's like you're still fucking writing morality books because you're in debt you fuck i think all barkley's response was (laughs) just like yeah he did his research you know like barkley doesn't really care about well, what's he gonna say either. no yeah uh, so, uh, he's, he's a little over the line there because a lot of people were saying well barkley barkley criticized lebron's basketball and lebron went personal well, i don't know spitting on a kid from the court is kind of a basketball related thing yeah at yeah. least that part not participating in all-star weekend and only showing up for the game because you're partying that's bas- that's kind of basketball Saying I'm not a role model. It's what Odell Beckham took heat for. I'm not a role model was basically saying I'm just a basketball player. So I don't know. I mean, it's not his stats or anything, but it's all related, I think. So, yeah, I mean, LeBron has had a uh, the year of the clapback. And, and good for him. He said something about Phil Jackson not that long ago about the posse comment. Phil Jackson called LeBron's uh, business partners his posse. Yeah, by the way, our fucking brilliant... Brilliant businessman. 
Yeah. Who are trying to build an empire. Ain't even trying. Who are in the process of building an empire. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen now with the fuckhead in the White House. Mm, but right. they're in the process of building an empire, you know, and you just call them a posse, but you don't see how that that's dismissive. And then again, now we have to do now we have to do this dance of uh well, you know, I guess he didn't mean it like that. Yes, he did. Phil Jackson was around Stop it. was around players as a coach in the 90s mostly. When the word posse was used for your crew, your friends, whatever. Yeah. It might have just been an old word. I mean, I could see that. Yeah. You Phil know. is too smart to not think that if someone he's too cerebral and too smart to not see that people would say that Le- LeBron would see it that way. Right. He's too smart for that. Well, even I refuse still, to believe that. Even still, you're if, not, if you're not a dummy, if you're because if you're like you know, oh, posse is just a it's just another word for friends, another word for your crew, or whatever. And maybe Phil Jackson is old school, and that's the word he uses. That's not even that old school of a word, really. It's like twenty years. Well, ago. We used to have him on the Redskins. Yeah, the, yeah, the posse. Yeah, Gary Clark. So, Bart yeah, so that word didn't, didn't necessarily have a negative connotation when I was growing up, and LeBron took it negatively. But sometimes there, a word is out there, and you're like taking for granted that it just means this thing. And LeBron steps up and says, "The posse actually means this, and I don't like that association. It means." A, gr- a criminal group with with you know some sort of nefarious enterprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and it's like and oh I never as, thought of it that way. And not as intelligent. Yeah, and I never thought of, personally thought of it that way either. LeBron thought of it that way, and he said, "Don't do that." That's all that happened. Mm-hmm. So, but that's how anytime a, a word gets old or the meaning changes or whatever, you know, like retarded. <laughs> yeah, that's a word that I'm like I never noticed. I never felt that way about that word. But there mm-hmm. are people who are vehement. Oh yeah, and they call it the R word. Yep. Like oh I I would have never I would have used that word freely not even thinking about yeah tranny yeah tranny has become that yes tranny is a a word that was just like a short it's just a nickname even transsexual yeah transsexual transvestite yeah yeah Yeah. they went after went after RuPaul and um Pat Oswalt had a great great piece about that yeah. how dare you go after RuPaul are you crazy RuPaul is from a different era that's that word crazy. You know, yeah. a person who laid down on glass for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you but people, crazy? the word, the world belongs to younger people, and they carve out the world the way they want it. And you sort of notice at some point that oh, it's not, it's not geared toward me now. Mm-hmm. I need to shut the fuck up. My problem with and my let problem them with have Phil that. is that Phil is a cerebral guy. He's too smart. Yeah, well, He's too smart for Posse could have just been unless he aged horrifically <laughs> in. Well, look. However long well, length of time. Like I said, I would have maybe thrown out the word posse in a casual way, not really thinking about it, because it's everybody called everybody their posse. I probably would have just called twenty them years boys. ago. Well, boys too, but that could uh, don't call that us could boys. Be. I mean, that's fine. But look, yeah, if, but like I said, I would have. If called LeBron them. comes back and says, "Don't call us boys," I'd be like, "Oh, my bad." I mean, regardless, he said you know? whatever he said in a diminutive way. Right. Barkley just put up another thing. But then you take it and say, "Oh, my bad. I didn't know that. I didn't realize yeah. that." Yeah. A day after LeBron James fired back to Berkeley for critical commentary about the Cleveland Cup, the inside NBA analyst returned serving ESPN's radio, ESPN Waddle and Sylvie. Who? What? Again, calling LeBron's, we need a fucking playmaker, whiny. I stick by what I said. He was all whiny and everything last week, so I'm good, man. Listen, if I'm going to be straightforward like I always try to be, I know guys are going to try to come back at me sometimes, so I'm good. He got personal, but like I said, 
I'm never going to get personal on an NBA player. All my criticism and critiques are always just about basketball, and I'm going to keep doing what I do. Okay, I'm going to stop right there for a second. I like, but like I said, I'm never going to get personal on an NBA player. All my criticism and critiques are always, but when you talk about an NBA player, you are being personal because while that man is playing basketball, that basketball is what he is. So that again, stop. It is personal. That's first thing. Second thing, you don't get to decide how this other person feels about a thing you're saying about Right, they receive it personally. They took it personal. So yeah. you can say, well, I didn't, I didn't say anything personal about him. LeBron James is a basketball player. If you critique my comedy, I might tell you, and you just say, listen, I'm just talking about your comedy, I'm talking about your family. You're talking about me. Right. You're talking mm-hmm. about me because my comedy is me. So you're talking about me. So yeah, I'm going to be pissed off about it. And if you constantly keep coming after me about it, even though everybody else around me is like, no, this is good. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say something back to you. His right. basketball is what he is. You know, it's a huge. Don't act like it's not a huge part of his life. It's giving him everything good in his life. And now you're going to say, and you're trying to decide how he perceives it, which is stupid. Right. And also, no one can really relate to how LeBron feels because no one has had from high school right. on, the level of scrutiny mm-hmm. that he's nor had. The, nor the level of, this is how, this is how successful we've decided you have yeah. to be. And he's risen to all the occasions, right. basically. And he's taken and don't get in anything bad, because if you do, we can't wait to tear you down. Right. Clearly, he Googled me and found out some things, because I think he was young when I was playing. So, clear. first of all, again, that's an insult also. Well, a- LeBron mentioned, um, one thing he did mention was, how Barkley and these guys talk about how, like, during the finals, we were never friends. Right. But he said, go back and watch the game against uh, the Bulls, right. uh, the Phoenix against the Bulls, like, in 91, game two. And during a free throw, he and Jordan are off laughing. Right. That's because LeBron does watch those he games. He watches, mm-hmm. though. That oh, yeah. That's well known. He yeah. studies that shit. Him and, and Kobe was another one who just obsessively watched old basketball clips. But it didn't – no one – he didn't have to Google that. He's actually probably recently watched that game. I think when you don't like the message, you just kill the messenger. Some of the things he said about me are correct. That still does not make my message incorrect. I thought he was really whiny and complaining the last couple of weeks, talking about how he got no help. I'm like, dude, you just won the championship, and it's the middle of the season, and you're just bashing your teammates. I think that wasn't right. That would be – well, first of all, I'm not even saying he is bashing his teammates, but his, his teammates may need to be bashed, but that's for him and his teammates to decide. Um Second thing, again, the team he's chasing, the Warriors, have gotten significantly better mm-hmm. right. by adding one of the be- again one of the top five players on planet Earth, adding him to their roster of the other top three players on planet Earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's not act like everybody else is not getting better around him. And he's like, Jesus Christ, we're not keeping up with these guys. Yeah. I thought we could. We're not. You keep saying we're not in it and we're not that good. And I'm like, dude, y'all the reigning, the reigning NBA, reigning defending NBA champs. Okay. You keep saying we're not in it, we're not that good. And I'm like, you're the reigning NBA defending champs. That's because LeBron watches basketball. But he's being a competitive guy. he sees guy. what's happening around him and we can't compete right now. He says we need to get better. Why is that a bad thing? We got to get better. Yeah. Stop whining. He doesn't mm-hmm. like LeBron James. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's always had issues with him. Yeah. And there were times in the past where I actually agreed with Sir Charles about some things in regards to Mr. James, specifically the whole um, 
thing where he was saying, you know, like, this is 2009 and 2011. My free agency is going to be the biggest thing, and he's right in the middle of the fucking playoffs. I didn't think that was a very good team decision sort of thing to say um, in the heat of battle. But that being said, you know, that's a long time ago. He's not infallible, you know. No, I don't think it's an infallible thing at all. No, no, no. That's a guy who was – Jesus, at that time, what was I? I was 28. He would have been like 24. Yeah. Never. Here's Barkley's two rules of broadcasting. Never talk about a guy's personal life. Never say a guy should get fired, which is bullshit. You're talking about his, you are talking about his personal life. I guess maybe it's like, that's like that politics thing, like leave the kids out of it kind of yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, I've only met LeBron casually. He's always been really great to me. He's not going to be now. <laughs> I've been really cordial to him, but this notion that we are, we have to be friends, we're never going to be friends. No, you're not. Well, I'm not friends with none of these young guys. My job is exactly. He don't like anybody who's younger than him. Because Here's what I would say to Charles Barkley is, I got these titles and you don't got shit. <laughs> you never won a title. And you're never going to win a title. And You'll he, uh, never had a ring on your finger. You won't even get one as a, neither a coach nor an executive because no one would even think about putting you in charge of a team. I thought he <laughs> did say something to that effect, like you don't have any titles. Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. Like basically you don't know what this is like, chasing a title. Yeah. Or actually almost winning Achieving one. Achieving one. Well, you know, it's they don't have to be friends. Yeah. yeah. Tom Brady no. is friends with Donald Trump. So. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow. We'll talk about that on Saturday. We'll go if we give our uh, predictions, our Super Bowl our, predictions. Yeah, our before-the-game predictions. Yeah, I want to wrap this up. Yeah, we're at hour 40-something. Yeah. yeah. Well, this well uh, listen, people, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. We enjoyed bringing it with. Thank you, PC, for sitting in with us. My pleasure. Uh, today, uh, we'll be back with you guys. Maybe we'll be back on Saturday, maybe. I don't know. i got to talk to... I'm at work Saturday. Sweet, sweet oh, Liz. shit. Wow. Quit the job, man. Talk to sweet, sweet Liz and see if she's around. Yeah, well, how long is Liz in town? Well, we'll figure it out. I'll Liz, see her. I'm going to see her tomorrow. She's staying right up, right up the street, so. Yeah, I'm going to go see her show tomorrow in, in Leesburg. Oh, yeah. It's on a Thursday? Yeah, they're doing a special Tally Ho Thursday show. Huh. Uh, I forget who's, maybe it's just Ramin opening. I don't think he might have someone else opening, too. But, hmm. yeah, she's headlining that. So, I guess, since this is a podcast going up on Thursday, go to the Tally Ho in Leesburg. Yeah, go to Tally Ho in Leesburg. Sweet, sweet Liz Mealy. Sweet, sweet um, Liz. Which I think is an 8 o'clock show, most likely. So check their website, Tally Ho Theater in Leesburg, where as a child I went and saw movies. Yes. I saw Disorderlies. Ah. I saw The Naked Gun. I saw Full Metal Jacket. Oh, shit. There. Probably E.T. That was the only theater in, in like a 30-mile radius. That's, it was a two-screen fucking small-town theater. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys come on back. Uh, Monday we'll be here for you guys. Uh, you are you're on all our social stuff, so just get at it. Uh, thanks again. This Friday, February third, catch me at uh, Jam and Java in Vienna, Virginia. There I'm on go. that shit too. Petey's on the show as well. It's a there late show, like ten it o'clock. Is ten o'clock. There you go. It's a, it's the later late show. The it's a really good coffee. Really good lineup. I think I'm closing it out. Uh, if I'm not, I'm I'm fucking walking. Yeah. But um, me too. Yeah. So come out <laughs> to that tomorrow. Me and Petey are gonna fight for the closing spot. Mm-hmm. There you go. And that's uh, in Vienna, Virginia. Jam and Java. Uh. February 14th, I'm at the uh, Arlington Cinema Draft House. I'm opening for the Princess Bride. It's a Valentine's Day special show. Come on out to either one of those. Check on the website, February 14th. Um, yeah, February 14th is Valentine's Day. Come yeah. out for those shows. Yeah, what else are you going to do? I will be doing about 25 minutes in front and then hand off to the movie. Yeah, Princess Bride. Princess Bride. It's so a Valentine's Day classic. If you got nothing classic. going on, uh, it fills up, so you might want to buy tickets early. Yeah. 
Uh, that is it. Someone should write a letter to the guy that killed the guy's father. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone should write a letter to that guy. Write a letter to that dude. <laughs> All right, people. We'll see you guys on Monday. Thanks so much for coming and hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I'm Randolph Terrence. I'm Andy Klein. Peace, too. We have three guys on. We are out. Peace.